0: You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing
1: world. And here are your hosts, Angela Rose and Ahanu.
2: important precaution of dusting each other off, the lowly broom becomes an item of military significance. Next, Geiger counters are used to check the troops for signs of radioactivity.
0: You are very welcome back again. We're here with Charles Scammerhorn. 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 Let me start that again, I'm sorry. I've said that, you know, countless times in the re I got it right. I got it right every time. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome back. My name is Ahanu and with me is Angel Rose and we're with Charles Scammerhorn. And this is episode number three because we're engaged in a fabulous discussion about the atomic bomb and Charles Scammerhorn's role in all of that uh, as you were growing up now the last well he of... didn't
2: really have a direct role in it we don't want well, people to think he created it or anything well this is oh. what i'm
0: going to say he, he yes his experiences in the air force is what we've talked okay. about in the last session and how you aced all those tests and so on and you were telling us the stories of how that jeopardized other uh, of your comrades your mm-hmm. your partners their abilities to excel and so on we talked about the uh, atom bomb how that first one that was dropped on hiroshima and of course nagasaki how they were in the 10 kiloton range and you were asked to carry a bomb in the 10 megaton range uh,
1: well it was certainly a hundred it was available but the ones that were given to us were more like one megaton
0: okay yeah but there were still like a, a hundred times a hundred times bigger, bigger not a
1: thousand times bigger
0: uh, but a hundred times yeah, <laughs> when i think of mega of course i, I always yeah. think of a thousand yeah. so um and you had refused to actually carry that bomb. You told us the story about all of
1: that uh, in the last I didn't part. quite refuse. I said I didn't want to, and I emphasized it strongly. Could be right. Because to say I refused would have been uh, kind of against the law, I think. Okay. I didn't say that. All right, but one well, way or clear another, <laughs> you didn't, didn't carry it. Yes, uh, that's right. And
0: you, we closed up that last segment where we were talking about Oppenheimer and how he how as a man in in a sense he he may have regretted the destruction that the bomb caused we knew the world would not be the same few people laughed few people cried most people were silent I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu. said that it was a bad idea and all atomic bombs are a bad idea so with that we we left it so that in this section today we were going to talk about humanity in general we, we wanted to mm-hmm. ask you about when you say atomic energy or atomic bombs are a bad idea are there alternatives what is humanity moving towards what is the best solution out of all of this so do you think we can go there And then towards the end of the session, we want to talk about perhaps a little bit about the future. Yikes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've I've actually thought quite a bit about that. Okay. And uh, you probably are not going to like it. (laughs) That's okay. So let's talk about
0: uh, the present day now. Because in in the other sessions, we've talked about the past. You know, your early days and your early experiences and so on. So Mm. bring us right up to the present now. And here we are in the Atomic Age. And you're saying it's a bad idea. What? Well, why? Why do you say that?
2: Well, let's just kind of. Sorry, Charles. Yeah. Just for a minute. Go ahead. Can we just say for our listeners what is the, what is the amount of years between, when you were involved in all of that and now?
1: Who? Uh, I got out in 1960. Okay. 1960. So what is that? Fifty-seven. Now we're 2016. Sixty-six years. Is it that? No, no. no Six, 16 plus 40. No, no. 46 50 years. No, no. 56. 56 years. Yeah. 56 years. <laughs> no that was going to Go back to school. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 56, 56 years. Okay, yeah. and now here we are.
2: And now here we are. Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: And uh, perhaps it's one of the greatest miracles of humanity that none of those bombs were ever used. Because think about the fact that um, about 10 different countries have access to them now, mm. and uh, any given country probably has at least a half a dozen people who at one time or another were hovering their finger over the bar over the, the big red button there they may have had different colored buttons in those other countries right, yeah. <laughs> but all the same <laughs> yeah. uh, there was always a problem if one of them went off uh, in anger mm. instead of just a peaceful test um, you never know where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was in the Air Force, and Curtis LeMay was the head of the Air Force, uh, the um, policy essentially was everybody goes with everything they got. Yeah. And we had hundreds of uh, aircraft ready to go when uh, the Cuba Missile Crisis happened, and all my a lot of my buddies were there sitting in those airplanes. What do you think is the logic of that when somebody says everybody
0: goes? Because I mean, once 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 that exchange happens and several of those bombs go off,
1: I mean, there's there's nobody left. Uh, or, or there people would be left down in New Zealand for a while? Yeah. Until or maybe they, in underground bunkers, perhaps for a, for a while. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm very enthusiastic about that. I got a thing called the Earthwork Project which uh, saves all the seeds of the world, but a, a second project called the Life Haven Project, where I wanted to uh, get a retiring cruise ship that has maybe 5,000 people on it, you know, a holiday ship, and take it down to an island uh, south of New Zealand um, and dock it there, um, where it would be more or less safe from the at least the immediate effects. And I wanted to have 100 people living there they would rotate through randomly selected families in, in all humanity and it would be a corp human population that could restore the earth um, after everybody else got killed. Like a Noah's Ark? It was a Noah's Ark for people. Yeah. The earth ark is kind of like a Noah's Ark put high in Antarctica uh, where it's uh, 14,000 feet above sea level on ice temperature averages around minus 55. Mm. Consequently, you could put storage there and mm. by covering it up and some other insulation things, uh, you can make uh, seeds last for tens of thousands of years, probably, mm. and uh, the thing that's wrong with the Svalbard seed bank, uh, mostly commercial stuff, is uh, that it's, it's limited and it's within a few hundred yards of open ocean, which is open ocean temperature. And the temperature at the Svalbard, even though it's very far north, 80 degrees north, uh, the temperature there rises above freezing for a couple of months a year. Mm -hmm. Consequently, they actually have refrigerators on the Svalbard to keep it cool. The place I want to put my seed bank, it's minus 55 and uh, rarely goes above zero. Hmm.
0: So that is a little look into the future. So yeah. do you see, by planning that, or by even entertaining the idea of it, do you foresee
1: these bombs going off? Do you foresee that cataclysm? Well, let's put it this way. If you, over the course of, say, 10,000 years, civilization's been around for 10,000 years, what do you think the chances of, uh, at any given year, probably 100 people have their finger potentially could go on the button? Hmm. So you take 10,000 years, you multiply that by a hundred people. What's that 10,000? So statistically you're saying it's very it's more likely to happen than not. Uh, I would say it's beyond all the way up to inevitable. yeah, really that. Much? Oh absolutely. When I was in the Air Force and kind of doing my mental calculations, it went kind of like this. you know, well, what's the chance of one of these bombs going off this year? I mean a, a, a war going? I thought well, 1959 and 1960 it was maybe five percent. Hmm. Turned out that was a little optimistic because at the Cuba Missile Crisis it was 50 50, right? Right, so five percent was kind of optimistic. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was uh, this, this was my thoughts before that, hmm. and I was saying, Well, that the 5% a year, well that's not too bad on a yearly basis, but you go five years, and then another five, a year, yeah. and another year, and another 5%, another. to 20 years, uh, which would be the length of my career, that kind of multiplication, which isn't exactly accurate, but it gets up to 100%, Yeah. or near it anyway.
0: So And how... I said,
1: I don't want to have anything to do with that, because functionally that would mean I, if I was a successful combat pilot, would kill Maybe a million people. Yeah, almost every single one of which would be innocent of all wrongdoing. Yes. Yeah, and you did not want any part of it. I didn't want any part of it. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. They called it mad. It was beyond mad. Yes. It was absolutely insane. We do completely agree with that, and we support well, you
0: in that. But here's here's the question though, <clears throat> uh, in terms of looking at things as they are today. Uh, And I know you have this desire for the food bank and the people bank and so on into the future. But right now you're saying that it really behooves everybody to start making preparations because the inevitability of this is beyond question.
1: Uh, I don't think there's much that individuals can do. We have to do it as a society. So is there any room at
0: all for the new agers thinking positive and trying to raise the, the frequency and you know, raise consciousness? And
1: Is there any purpose in that at all, do you think? Or is it doing any good? Well, it certainly makes us all feel good, or at least better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I uh, tend to be a little bit of a... A bit... Yeah, you got the right one. Okay, you got, where do you? He does. Who has the right tea? He's got we, the right tea. <laughs> we have we have tea here, individual teas. I think this is mine. That's good. Right. I usually <laughs> I usually drink out of that one. That's Oh, what you I mean. do. This is. But uh, it, it was freshly washed, so it's pink nice and clean. Cup, um
0: with flowers on it. Now let's hope they would continue <laughs> to be, because this is a well, very serious, serious. Well,
1: discussion. it's serious, but you got to be cheerful about it because uh, uh, if you kind of start getting morbid about it it just feels hopeless because when it comes down to it the universe is really 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 big uh, 10 to the 22nd stars if only one in a million of them has life on it one in a million mm-hmm. that's a big matter. there's still billions mm-hmm. of other stars
0: mm-hmm. well let's let's go completely off the charts now okay. with, with this question okay go and up to now, we've remained very practical, we've remained remain very grounded in the Air Force military uh, war exercises, the whole purpose of the bomb, all that kind of thing, the, the statistics, the figures, the facts. Of late, people have said, and you can see various videos on YouTube and so on, about a possible uh, interference from extraterrestrials that was caused by the atomic bomb ripping a hole in the atmosphere. And that attracted their attention and allowed them to come in. And hence you had the Roswell crash in 1947 after the war. And many, many uh, uh, what do they call them? Um, Where the ETs would take people for experimentation what do you call them? Abductions. Abductions. And so on. So these people are also saying that they have actually prevented the explosion or the, the release of many of these bombs.
2: Well, the ETs supposedly intercept, intercept test missiles yeah, and debunk them in supposedly. mid-air. Supposedly.
0: Do you think there's any truth to that? No. No. You, 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 <laughs> don't, you don't give it any credence whatsoever?
1: Uh, minuscule. Yeah. i gotta give it some, but, yeah. but small. Very right, small. Right. And the reason is, is that the universe is so big, and the chance of likelihood uh, in our galaxy, even you know the Milky Way galaxy, which is hundred thousand, it's big. Mm. Anyway, by the Drake calculation, uh, there's probably only one possible civilization going at a time, something like that. It's rare, okay. and and they would be very very far away in just time and distance. So even if they did see an atomic bomb going off, which attracted their attention, and they carefully pointed a telescope at us and saw television or something. But even that would be like 1,000 years from now, 10,000 years from now, 100,000 years And that's even only within our own galaxy. So you believe that we're the only
0: sentient life in this galaxy then? No. Aside from one in a million.
1: We're we're the only sentient life uh, that would be here within let's say, 10,000 years. Even if they really knew how to do it. Right. Because things are just a long ways away. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you you don't give any credence to the, the people who claim to have been abducted or have claimed to have seen extraterrestrial ET ships?
1: Well, I listen to them. I cooperate with them. Uh, one of our mutual acquaintances... Has a Martian spaceship in his backyard, and I listen to him talk about it. And he tells me about his, his conversations with those Martians, and he loaned me one of his Martians. He did. Yes, he did. And I took him to uh, Sam Umsickle, my uh, personal garden gnome, who lives, uh, who resides, I should say, who resides a few blocks from my house, and. Uh, when uh, Debbie and I are on our daily walks we' would walk past him and have brief conversations with him uh, almost always they're about my my blog and I ask him if he approves of this blog if I'm going the right direction or or you know I'm doing something wrong and his expression is is interesting to watch because sometimes it's like and other times it's like and other times it's like and yet other times it's like, anyway, it's always up to me to look at his face, which is made out of plaster of Paris or concrete or something, but to look at his face and discern what the, the process of the universe is going on here. And the way I look at it, I'm, I'm looking at a piece of concrete and I accept it as that. Yeah. But what I feel I'm looking at is my own inner response to what I'm thinking about it at the moment. Okay. It's kind of looking at a deeper me. So do you think that's the same, though,
0: for everybody's experience who, who has had these encounters with ETs? you think well, that's just going on in their own head?
1: Well, I don't know what's going on in their head, but I know to some degree what's going on in my head. So I, I take this uh, Martian with me over to Sam Umsickle, and I introduce him. And uh, he's, he's kind of like stiltskin. He's kind of a cranky... I think he's probably an Irish. Uh, but he's a very cranky one. He hasn't left his gold over there. He, he, needs, he needs to go back he's and make some gold. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, you know, he just made a... Anyway, he seems to have a kind of cranky Irish tradition going. Of which my, my father's mother was one, and I knew her quite well. And she was, she was a garden gnome. Red hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway... Uh, so I have friendly conversations yeah. with Sam Omsickle, and, uh but he did not like me bringing around a, a Martian. He made <laughs> okay. it very quick. T- so I, when I took that back to my, my friend who loaned him to me, he seemed to be a little bit upset about it to the, so. so
2: is the Martian made of concrete as well?
1: I, you know, I never actually saw him. I was more like I've, I accepted the presence of him being with me. Mm. and i took that presence over to Sam Omsickle and we looked at each other mm. and he looked back
2: this is quite a extreme conversation when we started
1: out talking <laughs> we talking about the bomb
2: and the future of
1: humanity yeah. and we
2: now we're talking about
1: now marsian but and i hope you, i hope you felt the subtlety in my response to that because i'm Um, exceedingly realistic trying to be realistic worldly in my relationship to the bomb and my thoughts about it sure but also I'm willing to accept the fact that a person who's functioning in this reality pretty well Mm -hmm. has a Martian in his backyard that he talks to Mm -hmm. okay I'm willing to listen to him talk about that and Mm -hmm. to play his game for a while but uh, I'm not going to base any real-world decisions
0: mm-hmm. on that. Now, what about when you have commanders, uh, Air Force commanders, who who will actually say openly that their their mission was thwarted by some extraterrestrial
1: beings?
2: They well, do say that.
1: And yeah. Well, some, some people do say that. Uh, I knew quite a few of these guys, and I liked them. They were all decent, sane people except that I encountered some of them that were clearly not sane at all, at all. Right. One guy, uh, when he found I was departing the Air Force, uh, held a machete up to my face. Yes, he told him. us that story. Yeah. I told you yeah. that, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I
2: still have hope for humanity's consciousness, actually.
1: Well, I do too.
2: You know, to, to kind of go in a different direction than the standard linear way we've gone in the past. I still have hope that somehow there'll be a, there'll be a. What do you call it? A. What's the point? You come to Ahana, when the scales tip. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying. Point.
2: Yeah, where we kind of wake up enough, where we're, there's yeah. enough of us that do not want that sort of future. Yeah, but when you said
0: earlier on, Charles, about it's up to us, you know, it's up to Humanity. Is there a different agenda that's pushing the bomb agenda? You know, the that that attitude of aggression and power and control. How do
1: the rest of humanity fix that?
0: How does how do we resolve? Yeah,
1: and I'm I'm optimistic in some ways that that we will work it out. And here, here's my reasoning. I've, I've gone through this uh, before, but it's like between 1900 and 2000, million people were killed in various kinds of international combat. 200 million. That's 2 million a year. A Since 2000 up till now, mm-hmm. um, we haven't killed a million people in that kind of combat situation. And... Uh, and so we're, we're and, and the population is three times bigger than it was in the middle of the century. So we're a hundred times better about not killing people. And then, pe- and then people say, yeah, well that's just war." What about other things? And they say, How about disease? Back when I was young, let's say 1940, people in my family, my personal family, mother, father, grandparents, had had smallpox, scarlet fever, whooping cough, diphtheria, Cholera, and probably a bunch of other things I don't Mm. even remember. Diseases that are totally, or at least around here, uh, non-existent. Mm -hmm. Now, they may bounce back if Mm. things happen, but at least at the moment, things are really great. And then somebody says, well, that's just two things. How about this one? Food. Back in George Washington's time, it got better right along, 99, or no, ninety, about 95%, let's say 90% just to round it out, 90% of people were farmers. Why were they farmers? Because it took that much human effort to create the food for the population to live. Mm-hmm. Now it's something like 3%. Mm-hmm. Right, tiny. Tiny percent compared. Mm-hmm. We can create our food. So we have all these other things. So things, it's not 100 times better, but it's a lot, lot better. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, oh, that's just three things. Well, how about entertainment? Hmm. Back when I was a kid, entertainment consisted of playing cards, conversation, Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of people could play the piano. Sometimes if somebody had a piano. Singing, we used to do things like that. That was entertainment. Mm -hmm. Now, people sit for eight hours a day watching the tube or hopefully working on their computer because there's more personal input in that. And so it's more meaningful. But... Well, it, it kind of goes on and on like that. Things are so much better now in so many different ways that there's a real hope that maybe we can find answers to these other, other issues. Hmm. Maybe we can. At the moment, probably the reason we haven't been having major wars between major people, you know, like Russia or China or us or others, is because everybody realizes, you know, we bomb them, we cease to exist. So all of the political aspirations that I have for my, my particular group that I'm representing are just totally wiped out. And I don't want to do that. Hmm. Uh, like in the olden days, 100 years ago, if you have a war, even if you have a war between France and Germany, who supposedly don't like each other very much, uh, after the war, they're still there. They maybe changed the border a little bit this mm-hmm. way and that, but the people, most of the people that survived are still there and are tolerated. Mm-hmm. But if you get into a, a war with hydrogen bombs, everything is gone.
0: Everything. You mentioned about the growth of the likes of food production and attitudes around health and those kinds of things. Would you call that, would you label that A growth of the awareness of humanity, and is that the kind of growth that could lead to the eventual destruction of these nuclear weapons?
1: Well, uh, Obama just today said he wanted to get rid of them. He did, yeah. He was he was over in Japan, uh, actually hugging some uh, survivors of of the Hiroshima bomb. And, uh, of course, some people in this country call him the great wimp, you know, because he's so uh, thoughtful, Yeah. But during his administration, uh, we haven't killed millions of people. In fact, when they make a mistake occasionally and, you know, bomb uh, that hospital, remember, a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. killed 40 people which is super sad but f- 40 individuals compared to what, what would it be 30 million that could have been killed during his administration it's just minuscule we're like a million times better from that point of view so from wh-
0: what i'm hearing from you and tell me anger if you feel it too that you're more optimistic then about the future than what you pretend, because we started off. What really do you pretend? In well, the long,
1: you ask long run, ten thousand years, the way things are now. No, yeah, that's terrible.
0: Well, what I mean is that we were looking statistically at the possibility of one or more of these bombs going off, and it looked as if it was inevitable earlier in the conversation. But from the way you're talking, it sounds like humanity is actually growing in awareness. It, the consciousness somehow is is rising. And that's of course represented in our leaders. So if you're saying that Obama said today that he wants to get rid of atomic uh, uh, weapons, right, yeah. then I mean, that surely that is a growth of awareness, in my opinion. I mean, that has to
1: be uh, raising of some kind of frequency somewhere. Well, even Ronald Reagan tried really hard to get rid of the weapons, he was the guy that got the assault stuff going wasn't he going for the star wars yes he was yeah but what what is star wars star wars was an effort to remove atomic weaponry from the world by being able to shoot down the missiles coming at us and if you could really successfully do that and what would you say more economically then you could send the missiles over if you could shoot them down uh, that would put an end to that kind of warfare that was his goal i see yeah. So all in all, then, things are looking brighter. Well, that's why I said those four things. Yes. And maybe on these the issues of just warfare in general, uh, mm-hmm. things are gonna could might get might get might get just perfectly right. better. Yeah. On the other hand, then you kind of step into well, where are we really going right now?
0: Yes.
1: Okay, there's two major things going on right now that the public is slightly aware of but maybe not. One is called CRISPR. It's the ability to insert genetic code right into the middle of DNA and thus literally create anything whatsoever that life is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And we've got hundreds, maybe thousands of people working hard at doing that right now. And in the short run, uh, I think it's uh, let's say in the, in the 10 to 50 year run, It's going to create a lot more food out on the surface of the planet where we can cultivate food. Uh, And so we'll have more food. So the population will probably be able to keep growing uh, at at its rate, uh, which is doubling every 40 years or so, uh, for another 40 years be able to do that. Now you're talking about genetically modifying food. Is that what you're talking about? Everything. Genetically modified humans as well. Absolutely. It's right. already being...
0: And you, you're, you're in agreement with that. you think that's beneficial? I,
1: I'm not saying I'm in agreement. I'm just saying that's the way it's going to go. If, if our technology continues, that's simply the way it's going to go.
0: And is that... Do you think that is
1: beneficial to humanity? Uh, in the short run, yeah. Because we'll have more food. So we can keep growing for another 40 years. Or more, maybe. So that's good. Yeah. If, now, see, in the end, what I value... Uh, is uh, human, let's just say human happiness. I want to maximize human happiness. Now you come back, let's say a billion years from now, even the earth is gone. And so you'd have to say, well, humanity's gone.